Hey, you are listening to The Road Now on Radio Free Brooklyn. And tonight we are actually going to have some hard chords on your car radio. Now, now the trick is then to get iTunes or maybe a long extension cord, plug your computer laptop in, take it out to the car uh, so you can hear Knucklehead, you can hear Roger and I uh, BS and, and talk about things. Uh, that song was the Unheard Music uh, by the seminal L.A. punk band X. Uh, their album Los Angeles, which was out in 1980, a long time ago. Um, two reasons, like I say, for including that. One is that that lyric, no hard chords on the car radio. Uh, and also the front man for the band, John Doe, is going to be playing in town. That is in Brooklyn on Wednesday night at the Safari Room at El Cortez. And then Friday night at the Rubin Museum, he will be doing uh, solo acoustic sets. And of course, we opened the show with... Tracked by our guest this evening, Knucklehead, their song, The Truth, Chokehold, from their album last semester, which was released not nearly as long ago as 1980, uh, but you said when it was playing, Roger, I said, that's yeah, oh, two years ago when I'm mentioning it to uh, DJ Nenham, host of Seeds of Afro that plays beforehand, and uh, and you said, yeah, it feels like it's 20 years ago. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For <laughs> so, me. <laughs> for for you. Well, so what's the reference for last semester? Uh, all the songs I wrote in last semester came during my last semester of college. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's not that deep, but, you know, I really, um, the album artwork and the packaging, I really went for it and uh, I made it like a composition notebook and each yeah. song I had as like a, a school subject, you know, or like a class period. So, um, yeah, that was pretty much the extent to that. And <laughs> that song in particular was written about, um, it was written right after uh, the Eric Gardner situation here in New York. Yeah. And, um, you know, just felt like I I wanted to say something about it, you know, and uh, <laughs> it was the best way I could think of at the time. <laughs> <laughs> So so then it was from 2015. It mm. was a long two-year break. Well, yeah, for sure. To, um, till the idea, till the dream came about. Uh-huh, yeah. So um, it's a cool story um, that I was actually, I'm actually in the process of uh, documenting it in terms of the making of. So I really want to put out like a little documentary about the entire process of what went on between our last album and this album, and, um, you know, uh, it's weird for me because by the time we start tracking uh, music for Knucklehead, <laughs> and when it comes out, I already have, like, music for the next thing written. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? So it's like, it feels like a long break between 2015 and 2017 in the summertime. But for me, I was working on those songs the entire time. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's like two years work worth of stuff that's finally coming out. And like, I already have another EP ready, you know, before the third one even comes, like yeah. I'm ready to record again, you know, but, um, it, all those damn finances and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. it's uh, responsibilities and stuff, you know, and for a while I just couldn't Adulting. get a, yeah, I couldn't get a band together, mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, the guys that were in my band before, Chris and Spike, were dudes I went to uh, middle school with and high school with. And, you know, Knucklehead started out as just being like a, a cover band. Mm -hmm. You know, we started just playing uh, songs and it was fun. And my idea was I just wanted to get on stage, play the songs that I love listening to, 
and put on a really good rock show at a local level because I felt like, you know, when I was playing shows with the Lounge Act, which is like the primary band I'm in, Mm -hmm. um, the bands we were playing with and the shows we were playing, um, it seemed like people just wanted to come in, you know, run their songs and run their set and then bounce, you know? And it was, I was kind of getting like, well, the whole art of putting a show on in the local scene was kind of lost at least back in those days in, in 2012 2013 you know which apparently is a long time ago <laughs> but but you know and it's and, relative but it's okay. i was going to i was going to these punk shows you know and i was like man i really want to get a punk band together so i mean fast forward to like last semester and putting together the dream i had this song written right after last semester came out and it was kind of on the cusp where i was like Ooh, should I throw this song in at the at the very last minute on this album, or should I? And then I I thought better. I was like, no, maybe I'll just save it for the next one. Mm-hmm. And it's a song called "Going Home," which um, we played live for the first time two days ago, which felt really cool. Oh, wow, okay. It was it was it's like a really powerful song for me because it's just like a style that I haven't really written in before with Knucklehead at mm-hmm. least. Um, and I, I tried to do something different with this album. Um, I tried to build a concept record around that song. So I had that song after last semester, and I was like, ooh, I really want something cool to come from this. And um, then in um, the fall of 2015, I saw the documentary called Heart Like a Hand Grenade by John Roker, who... Um, I, I, sorry, I have not heard of it. It's not yeah, on my radar. It's, um, it's, a, it's a documentary that came out um, uh, by John Roker, who was basically just the fly on the wall recording the process of Green Day uh, making American Idiot. Oh, ah, okay. And, Interesting. And I went to the movie theater to see it. <laughs> Nobody else was really there. but <laughs> But, you know, it was a big deal for me. And when I saw it, I was just like, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to make a concept record and I want to document it just like this guy documented. And I went home and like, that was what I wanted to do. And then I immediately started turning on my computer, recording with my webcam and jamming and writing songs and recording songs. And I set up challenges and goals with myself. Like every week I was going to write a song or today I was going to write a song, you know, or tomorrow I'm going to write the lyrics to the song that I wrote last week, you know? And then, yep. and, um, and then the concept just started brewing, you know, and it basically took, I would, I would want to say about a year and a half to write it. And then the other time for me, it was just like figuring out who I could get on board to, to really do it. And, and Nick from the and, lounge act. Right. And yeah. then, so ultimately it ended up being people you're already close with. Yeah, it was like uh, it was like hiding in plain sight. You know what I mean? It was just like I was looking for all these people, and I was you know meeting up with these people, and I was going to these shows, and I was talking to these people. Like, who wants to be in my band? You know, because uh, Spike, who I who was in the band before, and Spike and Chris, who were you know I knew from high school. We did last semester. We did everything with them. You know, they kind of moved on in a way like spike got into grad school and i was like you know i was like dude don't worry about it like just you know what i mean like just yeah. go electrical engineering yeah electricity's magic to me so just go dude you know and um 
Chris, who like was our engineer and he did, um, you know, he did the drums. He was like, he's like a, a music wizard. He went to LaGuardia. He went to purchase. He's like a, he's a genius. Right. And he's a God with pro tools and all that stuff. And, you know, he's in, so like everybody wants a piece of him. You know what I mean? So he's in these bands, like he's in citrus at the time he was in sister Helen, which is not a band anymore, sadly. And now he's in like Amira B and, um, I mean, Citrus is still going on, and I, I'm pretty sure he's into. Oh, he's in. Um, God, what is it? Uh, uh, Christ, Caretaker. You know, he's in. Uh, he's uh, like everybody wants a piece of him. You know, and um, he's spread thin. He's he was spread a little thin, and the communication just kind of fell off. And I kind of felt like, you know what? Um, instead of like stressing you out with this, why don't I just go and take it? And like, it's totally cool. It's mutual. His mom's my boss during the day. So (laughs) it wasn't like, it's not like a breakup story or anything like that. It was just like, I just need to find people that want to put this thing out with me. Like I've created this art, you know, and I have this strong idea and this concept and I just need people. I, I pretty much only needed a drummer. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I needed a drummer and I needed to find a way to record it, you know, and I found Nick. I was like, bring him on board. And he was so cool. And he came in flawlessly. And, um, you know, he really saved my ass. And then Eli, uh, Eli Strange from a band called The Living Strange, who was starting up his own, um, like, engineering mm-hmm. type thing, DIY um it's called Strange Recordings. Um, he sort of also came in and saved the day. He was like, you know, um, we the Lounge Act had played a show with The Living Strange, and we just sort of kind of kept in touch, you know. Right. And um, when I was searching for people to record with, you know, there was all these different options, but um, he, he was, uh, like, in my price range, but more so I felt, like, confident with like you know i've never met you but the stuff you put out sounds cool and i'm willing to like give you a shot you know but he's not really like a punk rocker you know but i wanted him to bring he's actually more of like an indie dude or experimental you know but i wanted him to sort of bring that flavor to punk rock you know because the songs i wrote are are kind of uh, I'll, traditional. I'll, I'll i'll do a minute, bit of name dropping when you're talking about, yeah. about that uh, if you know who Cinema Cinema is, yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh and- my God, you want to know a crazy story? Is <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I talk so much. I know. I'm sorry, I, but I, yeah, they're a huge but, inspiration. Ev Gold is a huge inspiration. There, he and Paul Clara are both fantastic, top of the line guys. But you know, their producer is Martin BC, who is totally experimental and weird, off the wall stuff. So when you're talking about you know bringing in Eli, like oh, maybe he's experimental. It can have. I think bringing somebody from outside the genre to, you know, help you pull out different things out of your music can be yeah, really exactly. important. Yeah, exactly. That so, was the idea. So let's do this. Let's move forward. Yeah. And, and let- <laughs> I'm excited to talk no, about uh, this, man, because sure, I've sure, had sure. this bottled up for like two years, you know. <laughs> so I, yeah, uh, we, we, we are, we're talking with Roger from Knucklehead and uh, their new EP, uh, The Dream 3, is going to be released on Saturday, August 12th at the Cobra Club. 
uh, with Treads, who I absolutely love, uh, and Splatterhouse. And so we're not going quite that far back uh, with this track that we're going to play. We're only going back to June uh, <laughs> off of uh, Dream One. And we're going to follow it up with uh, a band from Glasgow, Scotland, and then new music from a band out of Baltimore. So Knucklehead, Bad Mannequins, Them Animals. You're listening to The Road and Hour on Radio Free Brooklyn.
Hey, you're listening to The Road Now or on Radio Free Brooklyn. My name is Matt Tack in the studio with Roger from Knucklehead. We open that set with Revival from their EP, The Dream One, which was released in June. Um, released on Punk Island. Uh, the 16th. So close. The Friday before Punk Island. Friday before Punk Island. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was like a double thing, you know. I guess we stretched out, really stretched out the uh, the EP release show into a into a whole weekend, uh, and then we followed it with Buzzkiller Skinny Jean by the Bad Mannequins, their album Deny Till You Die. They're from Glasgow, Scotland. They're going to be releasing a new EP sometime in September or October, and we will have that for you when it is released. And we followed it with Moving Pictures from Them Animals, their self titled EP. And they're from uh, Baltimore, and they're actually playing this weekend, but it's in Baltimore. Baltimore. (laughs) (laughs) On the 13th at uh, Joe Squared. So um, you played Punk Island, which is a shitload of fun, uh, at least for me. Yeah. When I was there. sure. But uh, I kind of want to touch on, you're doing the Dream 1. Uh-huh. The Dream 2. Uh-huh. What's getting released on Friday, sorry, Saturday at the Cobra Club is the Dream Dream 3 EP. And then in September, Uh you're going to be... Packaging them all together uh-huh. as a whole album. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So, and so it's, it's like an album in three acts. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. A story told in like three acts, and um, the album release show. I'm pretty sure all of the EPs will sort of get remastered so that they're all like together and they sound cool. And I was talking. <laughs> to, <laughs> Who's to say they don't sound cool now? I like no, it. No, I mean, there's, there's great energy. Yeah. On the EP. Just that they sound cool together, you know. Uh, I, I okay, like okay. I uh I don't know, I get sort of O C D with um how do I say it? With like the getting, final product. Sure. Yeah, the, the final product and also like with getting everything to be at the same level, you know, because mm-hmm. if the dream won like if the volume is here and the dream two is here and the dream three is here, then I'm gonna lose my fucking shit. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have cursed. <laughs> no, 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 cursing, cursing is more, is more than fine. Um, <laughs> um, and so you needed to see the hand, uh, you know, levels that Roger was using. Oh yeah. For, for those of, <laughs> for those of you not watching on the studio monitor sorry. TV or on the simulcast, which we don't have. Oh uh, yeah. So none of that stuff. For those of you just watching me all the time that I know you're there. <laughs> Those of you listening in on my phone and stuff. Um, yes, yeah, because someone's planted a bug yeah. uh, on your phone to be able to catch all that stuff. Yeah, so I also wanted to, you know, remaster it, but also repackage it, you know, with like instead of the slim jewel case that you mm-hmm. have and all of them are going to be like red, green, and blue. Like the the second one is green and mm-hmm. the jewel case is green and then the, the next one will be blue which I just got in the mail. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the final album will be, um, it'll have, it'll look like, you know, a regular CD. It'll have the regular CD case and um, when, and the sleeve will be a, a poster that'll have all the lyrics and then like, you know, stuff like that. I, I get really crazy with packaging because uh, my dad works at an ad agency. And, and well, truth be told, we do judge books by their cover. Uh, yeah, sometimes, and, 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 I guess. <laughs> well, I, you know, back to the old days or even still now going up to secondhand records, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to flip through and if the album cover catches your eye, you're more than likely to pick it up and sort of be like, you know, and, and, I, and I think yeah. the, the idea that you're like you're talking about with um, last semester, mm-hmm. um, it 
captures the idea of what is that your album cover for that captures the idea of what is on the inside of the album. Yeah. And, and you know, so, I mean, that, that's the thing. So if God, I'm trying to, trying to think, let's see. So if you had pictures of the two guys from orchestral maneuvers from the dark on the cover of the dream three, uh, there'd be a complete and utter disconnect. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, so, and 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 so I think it's you're saying you're being uh, almost sounding like you're worried that you're anal retentive about how it all gets presented, but I think it's very important that you have that presentation correct. Yeah. So that people will be like, you know what, that catches my eye because I'm on the same wavelength with him as that. Yeah, yeah, and and also uh, the colors. Or I could huge just be me. completely wrong. No, it's it's true. Like everything I. I really thought everything through, you know, and it's, uh, you know, sometimes it can be, I don't know, sometimes it's looked at as not cool for bands to, you know, put a bunch of effort behind their album album art and stuff like i'll Cause, use because if you're being DIY, then yeah, we're just kind of like doing it's just it. Like that. Oh, yeah. Or like the strokes, you know what I mean? They'll be like, oh, I don't give a shit. Like, just, you know, throw some lines on it. Yeah, call it first impression, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Like, it can be looked at as, like, not cool and taking pride in something like that. But, like, I really, you know, I, I really tried to have, you know, like, symbolism and stuff like that. Like, before I even had the the title of the dream, um, my girlfriend Aaliyah took a, took a photo of me, like, laying in bed which is the cover photo and i and i was searching for not only a title for the whole thing but also for a cover photo Mm -hmm. i had nothing you know and when i saw that photo i was just like that photo is so cool and then i was just like but it's like it's not just because you're in it no well (laughs) well that was the thing was like now i have to make it look like it's not me <laughs> so then we started like distorting so a, it. So it's not a vanity project. Exactly, so yep. exactly. But then at the same time, it kind of is, you know, because it is like my idea, you know. So it ended up, you know, I ended up thinking like, yeah, that like that's a picture of me, you know. Like I, I don't give a shit. Like it's me. It's it's my idea. And then when we started distorting it, I was like, oh, what if we start doing that old school like RGB thing, like out of focus TVs? You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, and then we're and then we started playing with that, and I was like, that's it. You know, like that's the cover. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. What if I put out the three EPs, and one of them is red, one of them is green, and one of them is blue? And then the album, all three of them are overlapped and offsetting. And then it was just like, whoa, like everything is so cool, you know? And then I was like, ooh, I want the red one to be like a passionate one. And then the yeah. green one to be like, oh my God, he's starting to get jealous, you know, this character in my story. And then the blue one is just like, you know, he's totally got, you know, got the mm-hmm. blues and he's sad and he's reflective. And, and the, it's like the arc of this story and this concept. Nobody can see how crazy my hands are flaring right now when I'm talking. I feel like like Bernie Sanders or something, like just up here, like perfectly all right. <laughs> uh, so so let's drop one of those tracks in in uh, from the Dream Two. And uh, again, we're visiting with Roger from Knucklehead, and you're listening to the Road Now on Radio Free Brooklyn. Knucklehead is doing their EP release show for the Dream Three Saturday night at the Cobra Club, nine o'clock playing with Treads and Splatterhouse, who we are going to be featuring in this set. Um, They're going to get you in, they're going to get you out, and you're going to have an incredibly intense evening of punk rock music. This is (laughs) Weak Knees.
very DIY. This recording. Splatterhouse. Love that. Uh, from their album, First Blood, their, their EP. They, so they're playing Saturday night with our guests this evening, Knucklehead. Also on the bill is uh, Treads. And uh, that's a good lineup. Five bucks at the door. Oh, dude, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I hope. Come I on hope. out and have some uh, hope, intense, yeah. good fun, good, clean fun yeah. uh, with playing some punk rock. So yeah. you, you've got your grant, your rancid Dropkick Murphys I t-shirt do. on because yeah. you just saw them. Who yeah. was, so two questions here. Who was your, what was the first sort of big show that you remember going to see when you were growing up? Yeah, when you are a kid. In 1990, well, well, yeah. In 1999, um, I was seven years old, and uh, when I was a kid, my favorite band was Kiss. How, uh, first, <laughs> first show I ever went, first big concert I ever went to, yeah. And in 1999, uh, Kiss was having their farewell tour with the four original members, yep. and uh, my parents took me... It, they made a trip out of it. They made it a sort of camping trip. They kind of rented nice. this cabin some. I don't even know where it was, to be honest. Yeah. But they rented a cabin somewhere, and they didn't tell me. And then they drove all the way to, like, the arena, and they were like, we're going to go see Kiss tonight. And I was just like, what? You know? And then I saw that show, and my jaw was on the floor, oh, yeah. like, the whole the whole time. Like, Paul Stanley was flying. You know, I'm seven years old. So... There's like part of me that's like, this is my favorite thing to listen to. But then like visually, I had no idea, you know, that they were like that because, you know, <laughs> it's the 90s. So it was kind of before the Internet for me. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I, I saw like pictures of them uh, in their album artwork, you know, but I had never seen them in person and thought of like I never saw their videos or anything mm-hmm. like that. So when I just saw them in front of me, I was just immediately starstruck, even though we were like, you know, million miles binocular. Yeah. yeah. So like Paul Stanley's flying around kisses. I mean, kiss Gene is like blowing fire mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that that to me at a very early age just blew me away. But when I was a kid, like my mom took me to see Pink Floyd when I was in the womb. You know, <laughs> she named me after Roger Waters. I've, I've went to. ACDC shows uh, every single tour, mm-hmm. you know. So I kind of just grew up with that stuff. And um, in 2002, I would say my second biggest show was in 2002. They sort of did the same thing, but they brought me to the Pop Disaster Tour, Green Day, Blink-182 um, at Madison Square Garden. And then I was 10 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and, I've, and I evolved from Kiss into Green Day. <laughs> <laughs> that lateral pattern. Um and yeah, and Blink-182 and everything was just great. And that's when I wanted to play music because oh. when Billy did that part of the set where he brought people on stage to play guitar, mm-hmm. like he's been doing that forever. And um, even back in 2002, again, we were a million miles away. Yeah. We had binoculars that we were passing around uh, Madison Square Garden. But when he got to that part of the set, even though I was 10 years old and there like i felt a pit in my stomach because i couldn't play any of those instruments and i was like that was what i really wanted to do right you know i wanted to be able to play an instrument so that one day i'll go on stage yeah. <laughs> with billy and like so that was the moment where i sort of put that in the back of my mind like i want to be able to play an instrument you know so what was then 
like your first small venue, small gig show that did, do, do you remember that? Like it's uh, now, no, not that you played, mm-hmm. but that you sort of oh. went to and sort of said, yeah, those guys inspired me. I want to do that. Uh-huh. And now you're seeing it really up close and personal and be like, shit. Yeah. That's, um, that, that, that's what I want. Well, the moment that I knew that I wanted to start a punk band was I was a part of this like little circle of people that would frequent this place called the Yippie Cafe. It was on Nine Bleaker. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. The Yippie Cafe. The Yippie Cafe, motherfucker. <laughs> no, but the Yippie Cafe, which is now an underground boxing sure. place. Sure. It's so weird. It got bought out. But yep. it was right next to where CBGBs used to be. Yeah. You know, and um, I would go there many weekends, you know, and just see bands playing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we would play there. And it was a community, you know, and we built a community out of it. Um, and my friend's band, my friend, well, my friend, uh, his name was Lee. Well, he's still alive. His name is Lee. <laughs> he's an artist. Um, he was like, I I would see him often when I would go see the misfits and go see all these shows. And I was like, Hey, you know, one time I was just like, Hey, I see you at all the same shows, you know, what's up? And he was like, Oh, you should come to this. Sh- my friend is playing a show at the Yippie cafe. And I was like, Oh shit. You know, like I go there all the time. So I went there and it was a band called bad look. Oh my God. God, they're still. They're, oh. I don't know, like what they go in and out of hiatuses, but like so. Bad look were the last guest to play live when the Roden Hour was on a different radio, <laughs> radio station. The, and, yeah, okay. And, and so they, uh, I'll, we're, we're almost out of time, and I want to get some more of your music yeah, in. Yeah, so yeah. I'll tell you this story off, off the air. But anyways. Bad Look. Yeah, so I saw this band Bad Look, and I'm pretty sure it was their first show. Like, this was their first show ever. They were brand new. And just seeing Duke play bass and the way Kurt was, like, you know, playing guitar and, you know, and Mike, like, I never saw his face. Like, I never saw his face the whole show. And he was playing in this basement of this cafe, you know, and I I just, like, and there was hardly, I don't know, like, maybe 15 people there, you know. But I just couldn't. Me and my friend were just like headbanging the whole time. Oh, like, yeah. Yo, this is so cool. Oh yeah. And then and then that's when I was just like, I I need to be in a punk band now. Yeah. And oh, and it was oh. also that thing where it was just like I could an, do that. Like they're I could an do awesome that. inspiration to join yeah. a punk band. And yeah. I had already been in the lounge act, like playing bass, you know. And so and so this was back in like 2012 or 2013, maybe. And then I was just like, all right, now I need to learn how to play guitar and I'll be in a punk band and I'll start writing songs or whatever. <laughs> um, Roger, we are <laughs> surprisingly running out of time. Oh, sorry. Um, so we're <laughs> I'm a blabbermouth. Absolutely no problem whatsoever. Um, you're going to go down in history as the first person like to just randomly name drop bad look oh, in the, yeah. the road and hour hall of fame for that one for sure <laughs> um, well, they're responsible for uh knucklehead <laughs> perfect um so the ep the dream three will be released saturday night at the cobra club uh where knucklehead is playing again as we said with treads and splatterhouse and uh the full album is going to mm-hmm. be released at a show at gold sounds on september 16th mm-hmm. and you're playing with one of my other favorite bands fat heaven who i fat uh, heaven. love um mm-hmm. so we're going to get out of here with uh yes it's put here deliberately wait and see from <laughs> uh the dream two we're going to follow it up with uh my favorite band from auburn california shotgun sawyer and uh, a little bit of two-man advantage when the ice melts away who are playing friday night out at the amityville music hall 
um, on a big punk rock show. Uh, my friend, it has been fantastic. Uh, we're going to continue to trade stories uh, <laughs> <laughs> off the air. All night long. Uh, all baby. night long. You have been listening to The Road and Hour on Radio Free Brooklyn. Um, thanks very much for listening. And as we'd like to say, if you like the music, any of the music that you've heard this evening, please think about uh, purchasing the music, supporting the artists, and adding it to your own collection. <laughs> Cheers, Roger. Thanks for coming. Rip on. Yes, yes.
You got to, you got to run. 